Good morning, everyone. I'm very thankful to be here this morning. If I haven't had the pleasure to meet you yet, my name is Kyle Beard, and I'm one of the ministers here at McDermott Road, and I'm thankful that Wes gets a day off. He definitely deserves it, and thankful uh, that I get to step in his shoes. Um, I think we were about the same size, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, I do want to start off with a prayer, so if you would uh, pray with me, please. Father, we come before you this morning, and, and God, we want to give you all the glory. We are so thankful to, to honor you in song and to worship you with our hearts. God, I ask that you would uh, just open our hearts to what your Spirit is trying to, to uh, tell us today. Um, God, we ask that you would protect us and, and provide for us as you continue to do each and every day. Thank you so much. Again, for this time to come together, I ask that, uh, again, that you would just be with us as we uh, move on from here today and go about our activities this week. Help us to remember what you've done for us. Um, as we sung earlier, remind us, Lord, of who you are. And we definitely want to bow to no other name but yours. In your son's name we pray. Amen. As Wes has introduced, we've been talking about this uh, theme this year of reflect and renew a self-evaluation leading to spiritual transformation. And as we realize maybe something is amiss, we need to consider how we can improve and change and grow and, and all these things as we talk about different topics this year. And um, I don't know if you're like me in this, but I, I don't like to go to the doctor even if something is wrong. Um, even if something is terribly wrong, I even don't go to the doctor then. I'm thankful that my wife Leah will remind me Hey, you need to go to the doctor. This is probably a good idea. Or even make the appointment for me. I don't know if that's you. Um, very thankful for that. But I, I just, I feel like I'm going to wait things out. I, I can handle it or it'll go away if I just ignore it, right? But that's not the case with what is happening with our relationship with God. When it comes to sin in our life, we can't ignore it. We can't just think it's going to go away. We can't just dismiss it. We have to do something about it. And we have to recognize that some things need to be taken care of right then and there. And we don't always acknowledge maybe and, and, and see the, the sin that's in our life, but we definitely are quick to point out and quick to see the sin that's in other people's lives. We, we're ignorant of, of maybe how we're doing that sometimes, but we don't want to acknowledge the things that's going on in our life, but we're quick to point out other people's sin. And that, again, brings us to our text this morning that Haven uh, read earlier. We're going to read it again in Matthew chapter 7, and it'll be on the screen if you would like to read it there as well. But <clears throat> do not judge, or you too will be judged, for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your own eye, when all the while there's a plank in your own eye. You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give to dogs what is sacred, and do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under feet and turn and, <clears throat> and tear you to pieces. This, especially verse 1 it's something that we have probably heard time and time again. And it's something uh, that we, we take out of context and people use it to, to bash others. You, you can't get on to me because look at your own life, right? But Jesus is, is, is talking about that, but it's, it's much, much more. And something that 
we want to reiterate is that you have to read things in context. You have to read things before and after what Jesus is saying. And so it's not just don't judge people, sure, but it's much, much more than that. There's a couple things from this text that, that I feel like we all need to be reminded of. And first one is when we judge others, we are comparing ourselves to them. When we judge others, we are comparing ourselves to them. Again, it's easy to judge someone. It's easy to compare yourself to them because we have an opinion about what they're doing or not doing or what they're saying or not saying, right? We, we, we compare ourselves maybe to their reputation, uh, maybe to their identity and maybe their success and accomplishments. And this is not just in person or in the business world or in our, even on family, but also online and, and on social media. We, we look at what people post and we think, man, how could they post that? Or... We, we think on uh, a video or just a stance that they put out, out there, and we, I don't know, for some reason feel like we have to take the opposite side of that. Anytime we are comparing ourselves to others, we feel like we deserve more than maybe what we're getting or what they're receiving. And again, that, that's not the way that we should be looking at people. That's not the way we should be viewing them. Because, again, comparing yourself to others causes clouded vision. Comparing yourself to others causes clouded vision. We need to stop pretending that comparison isn't a sin. Comparing yourselves to others is a sin. It's not just something that steals our joy, but it's something that creates a, a, this gap between us and God. And I think comparison is one of these respectable sins. And a respectable I put in quotes because it's something that, that we just... Except it's just the way it is. We can't do anything about it. It's okay. Everyone does it. Well, sin is not something that we should be okay with. Comparison, again, is one of those sins that we tolerate in our lives while we condemn the more flagrant sins of society and people around us. It's not one of the most obvious ones. It's not something that people will notice um, pretty quickly. And it reminds me, again, of a story that Jesus tells about two men who are praying and they're comparing it, well, at least one is comparing himself to the other. And that brings us to uh, Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. To some who were confident in their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people. Robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all that I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, and he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted." Verse 11, this Pharisee is mentioning things that are very obvious, things that are wrong, but he himself is ignoring the fact that he is comparing himself to this tax collector. And so there are several things, I feel like, that come into play when we are comparing ourselves uh, to others that create this clouded vision. And the first one, and it's probably pretty obvious, is pride. Pride, uh, again, clouds our vision. It, It surfaces when we think that we deserve what other people have been given, other people's successes, other people's accomplishments, other people's gifts. Um, 
we may even have an arrogant heart thinking, again, that uh, again, we should not be treated the way that uh, other people are treating us. Maybe we feel like, again, our righteousness, our theology, you know, maybe we, we feel like, we, again, we're, just, we're better than other people because of the things that we do or do not do, right? The, the Pharisee, I don't kill people, I don't rob from people, therefore I'm better than this other person. That's not the right attitude. That's not uh, something that is helpful between us and God. And pride, pride is something where we, we feel like we know better, right? We feel like I am more knowledgeable on this subject, I'm better at this certain skill, and so therefore, if anyone's trying to tell me something different, their information is not, is not good enough. I, I, have, I have no room uh, to, to listen to them. And the Bible, I think, teaches very strongly on having a teachable attitude and having a, um, a humble attitude. There's several verses in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1. My son, if you accept my words and store my commands within you. Proverbs 3, 1. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. Proverbs 4, 1. You see a trend here going, right? Listen, my, so- my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. Proverbs 5, 1. My son, pay attention to my wisdom and turn your ear to my words of insight. And Proverbs 7, 1. My son, keep my words and store up my commands within you. A side note, if you're not sure uh, maybe what, what to read some certain days of the Bible or certain days in, in the Bible, just go to the book of Proverbs because it is packed full of practical uh, things that is full of wisdom. And you're like, well, which, which chapter should I read? There's so many. Well, I like to think today is January 22nd. It's the 22nd day of the month. There's usually 30 to 31 days in a month. There's 31 chapters in Proverbs. So read the proverb of the day, and I know you'll learn something. But <clears throat> Solomon, as he's writing all these things, he is, he's saying, pay attention to these things because I'm giving you instruction that's going to be helpful to you. You don't know as much as you think you do. You're not as smart as you think you are. You have room to grow. You need to have a teachable heart. Stop being so prideful and thinking that when you are, again, comparing yourself to others, that you are better than them, that you know better, that you are more skilled. Pride clouds our vision when we compare ourselves to others. Another one that comes into play is envy. And envy, again, comparison, I think, is just a a glorified word for envy. Uh, Again, we're envious of someone when, again, they, they have something that we don't. Or they get to experience something that we don't get to experience. Maybe it's something that we uh, didn't even want before, but when we see them do that, we want to be like them. Again, maybe it's, uh, you know, they get to go to Disneyland. Maybe they get to have the car that you wanted. Maybe it's with their family and they seem like they have it all together. Maybe they get the promotion. Maybe it's just something that you feel like, well, I should get that too. That doesn't seem fair. Envy clouds our vision. Discontentment is another one that clouds our vision when it comes to viewing others and comparing ourselves to others. And discontentment, I think, most often arises when ongoing and and unchanging circumstances uh, come about that we can do nothing about. It's, It's our response to circumstances that shows our discontentment. It's not necessarily the difficulty of what we're experiencing, right? How we react to certain things that that happen. We can't control other things that 
that other people are doing or saying, but we can, re- we can control the way that we react to them. And I think, I, again, discontentment is one that, it's a subtle sin, but it's a sin nonetheless. It's something that we feel like we're okay with, but it's not something that we should, uh, should tolerate at all. And I think discontentment can easily and very quickly lead to resentment, and it can lead to bitterness toward not only God, but other people as well. So we need to watch ourselves that maybe you feel discontent right now. Maybe you feel like things are just not as good as you want them to. I think that's when Satan is trying to get us to have uh, this comparison attitude when we are viewing other people. Another one is ingratitude. Ingratitude. Again, all these are very, very similar. And this one, I think, is just when we're not grateful for the things that God has blessed us with. When we are so focused on what other people have and not focused on what we have and what we've been blessed with. Again, we may be coveting and, and, and wanting what other people have, whether it be, again, physical blessings or intellectual blessings, whatever it is. We are ungrateful for the things that God has blessed us with. And that clouds our vision when, we, when it comes to comparing ourselves to others. I admit, and this next one is, is impatience and irritability. I am not the most patient driver. Um, I don't drive recklessly, but I like to get where I'm going. Anybody there with me? I like to get from A to B, not, not in, a, in a slow fashion, but I want to get there, whether because I'm hungry or because I want to get home or whatever. And what gets me frustrated is when other drivers are not driving the speed limit. And it's not necessarily that they're driving too fast. It's the people that are driving too slow, right? They're driving too slow. Um, uh, There was a a gentleman that uh, I I was familiar familiar with, but I was was driving, and the speed limit was 35 miles an hour. 35 is not fast, but it is what it is. So I was driving... And he happened to be in front of me, and I, I guarantee you he was going maybe 10 miles an hour. And it was very frustrating because I wanted to get where I was going, right? And so I had to wait until it was safe. I wasn't going to go around him in an illegal or unsafe way, even though I wanted to. I wanted to get around him to get where I was going, and finally I was able to pass him. And he, he was just having a good time. He was just driving. He hadn't anywhere to go. He was... He just likes driving. And most often than not, when, when I'm trying to pass someone because they're not going the way, the, the speed limit that I want them to go, yes, sometimes they're not paying attention. We all know the people that are on their phone or messing with something on the ground, whatever. Maybe we are those people. But most of the time, they're just, they're not in a hurry. And me being irritated, me being impatient with them is not good. It's something that is causing me um, to, to, again, think things or say things. You know, I, I want to be more patient with this. And so um, I think impatience in, in can be defined this way, a strong sense of annoyance at the usually unintentional faults and failures of others. This impatience is often expressed verbally in a way that tends to humiliate the person or persons who is the object of impatience. Don't they see that I'm trying to get where I'm going? Can you please get out of the way? Right? We, we, we talk in a very aggressive way, maybe when the person is not going uh, the speed limit, thinking they can hear us, but they really can't. Right? Irritability can be uh, just defined this way. The frequency of impatience or the ease with which a person can become impatient over the slightest provocation. Again, 
Maybe you feel like you're more of an irritable person because you're constantly impatient with those, maybe in your family, those that you interact with on a daily day basis. But it's something that we need to, to check because it's clouding our vision when we are comparing ourselves to others. I'm more important than them, so therefore they need to get out of my way. Not the best attitude to have. Proverbs 19, again, read the book of Proverbs. So amazing. Proverbs 19, verse 11. A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to look over, excuse me, overlook an offense. It's not that big a deal. They're not trying to hurt you. They're not trying to do something that is on purpose. Things just happen. Things just happen. 1 Peter 4, 8. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. This is the type of attitude that we should have. Have an attitude of love. Have an attitude of humility. Have an attitude that is about care and concern for other people. And then, if that's not enough, we look to Jesus, and Peter describes Jesus in this way when he was being crucified in 1 Peter 2. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. Jesus being crucified and beaten and just humiliated in so many different ways decided and he chose because he wanted to be that a great example and he is that great example of he didn't retaliate he didn't he didn't say something back that's snarky he didn't say anything to anybody when they were nailing him to the cross and I want to be like Jesus I need to learn this I need to learn to not always trying to have the last word in a, in a discussion or argument, if you will. And we, we do this candidly sometimes, too. There's um, this idea that you may have heard of before. It's called the fundamental attribution error. And this refers to, and I'm going to give the tech, technical definition here, and then I'll explain it just in case. The fundamental attribution error refers to an individual's tendency to attribute another's actions to their character or personality while attributing their, their behavior to external situational factors outside their control. When I read that to Leah, she's like, what? What does that mean? So, in other words, you tend to cut yourself a break when you, uh, while holding other people 100% accountable for their actions. And <clears throat> a simple example is you're, you're trying to, to get to lunch with someone. Maybe it's a lunch meeting or just what have you after church, and you're trying to get there. And you end up hitting every red light. You can't do anything about that, right? You're going to get there when you get there. Maybe you send a text to whoever you're meeting and you say, hey, I'm running late because of this, 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 or, you know, different factors that you have no control over. But if someone else is late to meeting you for lunch, man, they disrespect me. How dare they think that their time is more valuable than mine? We're comparing ourselves to others. We think we're better. We, we think that our time is more valuable, that we are more valuable than them. Another one that clouds our vision is this idea of complaining. I know complaining is something I think that we accept all the time. And there's a story about uh, out west, and this, this cowboy, is, he's got his truck, he's got his trailer, his, his dog's in the back, his horse is in the trailer, and he's, he's driving down the dirt roads on his property, and he comes across this corner, takes it a little too fast, and ends up having a terrible accident. <clears throat> a few uh, minutes later, a police officer drives down that same road, and he comes across this accident. And the police officer comes out, and he, he has lots of animals, and so he cares about animals, and so he, he first sees 
the horse, and the horse is, is just, you know, in a lot of pain and has lots of things wrong with it, and he, he feels like, okay, the best thing to do, I just got to put it out of its misery, and so that's what he does. And he keeps rummaging through the accident. He comes across the dog. The dog, uh, again, is very maimed, lots of things wrong with it, and he feels like the best thing to do, I've got to put it down, and so that's what he does. He keeps rummaging through the accident, and he comes across the cowboy, and he says, hey, are, are you okay? Is there anything I can do? Are, are you sure you're okay? And the cowboy looks up, and he sees the smoking revolver, and he says, yeah, I'm great. Nothing. I'm fine. Best day of my life. He didn't want to complain, right? <clears throat> we are so quick to complain about so, so many things, and whether they be something small or something big, complaining is not something that is bringing us closer to God. And so, I don't know if you want to be um, challenged this way, but I do want to challenge you just to, to understand maybe how much we do complain. See if you can go the next 24 hours without complaining. Right, right now it is, let's see, 8.57. So by 8.57 tomorrow morning, see if you don't complain once. You know, hold each other accountable if you need to. But we complain about a lot of different things. But again, this... We complain about uh, things that, again, we feel like uh, should go certain ways that we want them to, but it's really not, it's not good for us. It's not good when we are, again, we're viewing other people, when we see other people, and we're comparing ourselves to them. When we compare ourselves to others, or, or excuse me, when we, when we judge others, we also maybe have this tendency to condemn ourselves. We have this tendency to condemn ourselves, and again, I don't know if you're this way, but I have a tendency to not necessarily give myself a break. I kind of beat myself up when I do something wrong. I don't, I don't feel like um, you know, I should be forgiven for certain things. Maybe it's because, again, when I'm impatient and I say something to the other driver and that's not very kind, right? Um, because maybe they cut you off, maybe they didn't. Maybe, again, uh, you don't tend to give yourself a break when you make a comment on someone else's post and you're trying to put them down and you put them in their place and then you feel bad about it later. Or maybe, again, you, you do something that you know you shouldn't have done and you feel bad about it. We tend to condemn ourselves. And I think what this does is that we, we realize, or, or at least we think, I don't deserve forgiveness. I don't deserve the, the grace or mercy that God wants to, to give us. And it reminds me of another story in the book of John, chapter 8, Verse, uh, starting verse 7. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up, talking about Jesus, and he said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to, th to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard uh, began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left, with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, he said, or she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Jesus told the woman to, to go and, and, again, to leave her life of sin. She was doing something that was wrong. But again, how many of us tend to, to beat ourselves up about things that we know that we've done wrong? And I think maybe we think we don't deserve to be forgiven. Maybe... Maybe we don't trust that God can forgive us. Or maybe we even feel like God isn't capable of forgiveness because we've done something so bad that he, he can't forgive us. That's really Satan trying to 
tell us lies that we, we know we shouldn't be listening to. And so when it comes to comparing ourselves to others, when it comes to judging others, we need to move from seeing others with critical eyes to seeing others with humble eyes. We need to move from seeing others with critical eyes to seeing others with humble eyes. Instead of coveting others' circumstances, let's remove the planks so that we can rejoice with them. Instead of wishing to be gifted the ways that God has gifted others, let's remove the planks so that we can appreciate others' giftedness. Instead of looking down on others for their sin, let's remove the plank so we can see others with grace and mercy and humility, the way that God sees them. Again, I love my wife, and she is much more eloquent than I am. And so as we were talking, I was preparing for this today. Uh, She shared with me something that I want to share with you guys. She wrote this, Satan is a liar and the father of lies. If you believe yourself superior to others because of the color of your skin, that's Satan. We are all made in the image of God. If you believe you are more valuable or worth more than others, that's Satan, because Christ died for all. If you believe your sins aren't as bad as someone else's, that's Satan. Sin is sin. And if you believe yourself to be more holy and righteous than the rest, that's Satan, because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth and the life. Jesus is our only source of hope. In Jesus, there is mercy and grace. In Jesus, there is forgiveness and redemption. In Jesus, there is restoration. It is only in Jesus that we can all unite as one and hand in hand behold the glory of God. I think we have to, again, see ourselves rightly so that we can have this attitude of humility. And it's only because of Jesus that we can have our sins forgiven. It's only because of Jesus that the things that we've said and thought and done that are hurtful to others when we are comparing ourselves to others, we need restoration. We need forgiveness. And we need to recognize that. We need to see that there's things in our life that we need to change. And again, whether comparing ourselves to others makes you feel crushed or makes you feel confident, we need to have this renewed vision and that's not how we need to see other people. So as we continue this year and as we reflect on our own circumstances in our lives and we hopefully are looking for transformation, hopefully we're looking to make changes in our lives, let's do that because of, the, of, of what Jesus has done for us, what Jesus has done for you and me. Jesus died on the cross for you and I because he cares about us, because he wants to restore us, because he wants to forgive us. And we all know don't deserve forgiveness But God wants to forgive us. He wants to offer that to us, no matter what we've done, no matter what's going on in our lives, no matter we've had an issue with pride, whether we've had an issue with discontentment or irritability, whatever it is, God wants to forgive us of those things. And so this morning, I don't know what your situation is, if you need prayer, if you just want to talk to someone about Jesus, we would love to do that for you this morning. I know the shepherds would love to pray with you or to talk with you. You can meet in the prayer room in the back or you can come forward now as we stand and sing.